Hello, I'm Jeff Bender and this is Knee Deep. Well, by now you've all noticed that I've been taking more and more liberties with my Knee Deep introductions, particularly the part where I say more please. I've invited a few guests to try their hands at it with voiceovers here and there, and I've gone off the rails with a few wild screeches myself. Being that the holiday season is upon us, I thought it was time to set up a little Yuletide contest. Invite you to send in your own attempt. Sultry or sad, quick or quacky, video yourself saying, Don't forget the M as in more, please. And over the next week or two, email it to jeff at jeffmbender.com. For all I care, it can even be in another language. Send those pleases to me, and I'll choose the best one for a Christmas gift mailed directly to you. Send to Jeff at JeffMBender.com. It's my way of diving headlong into the season, and it's your way to audition for the very first part as an authentic voiceover. I know, I know, it's not Hollywood, but you never know. You may be the next Tom Hanks doing Woody in Toy Story 50. And speaking of stories, here's Knee Deep, episode 51, called Parking Myself in a Corner. From time to time when I was teaching art, I would get a student of exceptional talent, a student whose gifts were so extraordinary as to change the way I looked at the world. On my roster one year was a student who was on the autism spectrum, and as I got to know him, I learned he had challenges interacting socially. I'm going to call him Incredible Cow because his mind dealt with numbers like one of those handheld calculators that came out in the 70s, the ones we all rushed out to buy to replace our slide rules. Most people don't remember the slide rule, and it's gone by the wayside like spiral notebooks, oversized collars, and eight-track tapes. Oh man, actually, I still have all of those. Well, anyway, I, I loved having Incredible Cal in art class because he had a gift for memorizing all kinds of data and numerical information. Once I found out that he had this special gift, I threw away my personal calendar and began supplying Cal with the dates of every appointment I had on my agenda. For example, if I had a dentist appointment next Tuesday at 3.30 after school, I didn't need to write it down. I just told Incredible Cal and he would remind me as soon as he walked into my class. If I needed to know anything, in fact, about any number, like what pi was out to the 30th decimal, Cal could tell me on the spot. That kind of information is indispensable when you need to fact check the world or win a car for being the closest to guess how many jelly beans are inside a Volkswagen. With Incredible Cal around, I started to feel like I was young again, and accurate, and powerful. Back in the 70s, wearing bell-bottoms and listening to the Electric Light Orchestra. I quickly realized that Incredible Cal knew the license plate number of every teacher's car in the parking lot. It was his gift. You wouldn't think that kind of information is very important, but turned out it kind of was. Cal, do you know the license plate number of every teacher's car in the lot? I asked him one day. Yes, he knows them all, half the class piped in. Just ask him. 
Cal, what is my license plate number? INRPTD88. My mouth dropped open. Oh, wow, I said, astounded. That's right. Not able to let that go, I had to get down to the bottom of this. I figured if he knew the numbers, he knew how many cars and what types should be in certain places. And as it turns out, teachers park pretty much in the same place every day based on how far it is to the entrance or who they want to avoid on their way out. I always park pointed towards the sun to warm my seat so that in the winter I could feel like I was in those mall massage chairs when I drove home. For many teachers, however, they just liked their spot. Their car felt at home in the imaginary privacy of their own area, much like a cat feels at home inside a microwave. As long as all the teachers' cars were where they were supposed to be, Incredible Cow was a diligent and quiet worker in class. The license plate numbers were all in place in his world, and all was arithmetically correct. One day, however, he came in belting out a license plate number over and over. Something was up. Cal, what's wrong? What's going on? Is there a, a, a number out of place somewhere? Is there a teacher that's taken another teacher's spot? Yes, he answered frankly. Mr. Dubious is in Mrs. Meek's spot. What kind of car does she drive? I asked. Blue Toyota Camry. Where does she park? Under the tree. Always under the tree, he answered in a flash. This was beginning to sound like a game of Clue. There was a whodunit happening here, and Cal knew all the players. I ran over to the window, and sure enough, under the tree was somebody's car, but it certainly wasn't a blue Camry. What's Mr. Dubies's license number? I yelled across the classroom to Cal. I-N-C-K-N-7-4. Well, I'll be darned, I announced loudly, as if it were an assignment. Mr. Dubious took Mrs. Meek's spot today, and her blue Camry's clear down at the other end. Thankfully, I soon had 30 more kids by the window to back me up. We looked out across the big, wide, black paved parking lot, and we all had the same thought. Who was messing up Cal's parking lot every day? Who would have had that kind of nerve? Why would someone purposely put another person through that kind of pain? Standing there, I began to wonder, as kids leaned out four stories up, just what kind of car wars had been happening right under my nose all these years as I pulled in and out of my workplace parking lot. This was undoubtedly some kind of game of musical car meanness, and it had to stop. There were cars out there that I liked with their everyday cozy car spots, the ones they had become accustomed to and they were being dethroned to some menial rectangle a half a block away. Someone was at the heart of the pattern change, responsible for this blatant disregard for personal space, and there was only one person who could get us back to square one, and that was Incredible Cal. Of course, I immediately realized that Cal's remarkable skill with numbers was far more important than anything I had to teach that day. I asked the kids to grab their stools and, as was common in my class, invited them to come up to the blackboard for one of my chalk talks. We 
we're on a mission. Class, Cal here has made a remarkable numerical discovery. We're going to bypass today's lesson to learn something about numbers, I proclaimed. Heads nodded. They trusted Cal, and they trusted his numbers. After all, he knew the birthdays of the 640 kids in the building on any given day. He also knew how many kids could fit in the lunchroom, as well as the amount of money each one owed on their lunch ticket. He could be trusted. Cal, you've made me very curious, I started. We have a car situation in the parking lot. Some teachers you've pointed out are in the wrong places. I know it bothers you that the license plates aren't in order, so let's start with Mr. Dubious and work backwards and find out who started this parking disaster. Cal, do you know when all this started? August 8th, second day of school. Principal took Mr. Dubious' place and he had to move down one. And whose parking spot was that, I asked. I mean, whose spot did he take? Miss Grayson's. And hers? Where was her spot? Next to the curb, Cal announced. I see, so she had to go across to the other side. And, and then what happened? I continued, and on and on it went. Cal began indicting teacher after teacher who had outright stolen the spot of another. Evidence to the contrary, the school lot had become a psychologically twisted exhibition of manipulation, a living display of car dominoes, greed, and acquisition. All across the lot, cars were parked in wrongful places with felonious disregard for the parking wishes of fellow teachers. No sooner were teachers reaching school, putting themselves out there on the front lines as trusted civil servants, a kid's first responder, so to speak, that they found their own co-workers had pulled their parking spot right out from under them. We listened in fascination as Cal went down the line and named every single teacher who had taken the spot of the one before, and just to make his point, their license plate number also. Even sweet Mrs. Hematode, who had unfortunately taken her maiden name back after her divorce, had taken someone else's spot. The game of parking lot clue was coming to a dramatic tipping point. Some teacher, a Maleficent, had started this whole avalanche of perpetuity and dishonesty, and by the time Incredible Cow was done with them, their name would be drugged through the mud of integrity and character. And from out of nowhere, a tiny voice, unheralded, came forth from the back row. And where did you park today, Mr. Bender? The last car domino had fallen. I looked at Cal. He had my number, and it was up. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the podcast. Please subscribe so you receive notifications of future episodes. I look forward to wading in knee deep with you next week.